everybody welcome to the true crime squad i'm christy brower here with my sister co-host and partner in crime katie weaver hey katie hello how's it going i mean it's going it's <laughs> what can i say we had such a busy weekend and now this week i'm just trying oh to catch gosh. up and uh recover a little bit and things like that and my gosh this new moon Why i guess everyone getting married i know <laughs> it's, it's august moon, i think uh for sure. As my dogs and pigs just acting kind of awful. <laughs> really over everyone today, to be honest. So, <laughs> so here we are. Well, How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing well. I've got two cats in here. So just be aware there may be some visitations during the show because they can't really... match. You don't know. Yes, they're good. They might fight with each other. They're so naughty. They slap each other. It's so mean. I don't know why cats are so mean to each other, but they are. Mm -hmm. And these girls have lived, one's 13 and one's nine. Like mm -hmm. They have lived together for nine years. It's not like they are unfamiliar with one another. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they slap each other. I don't know. Maybe they're both <laughs> real bitches and I just don't know because I don't speak cat. It's hard to tell. Maybe so. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think it's just all still hierarchy. Just remind it you is. each other. Definitely. I'm still definitely. in charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My older cat definitely slaps the baby. You know, mm -hmm. like, just in case you were wondering, I am still the boss around here, you know, mm -hmm. but she has this really hurt look on her face every time she gets whacked. And I'm like, that's mean. Jeez. Years ago, our dad, our parents had this basset hound named Freckles. The coolest <laughs> dog. And nicest dog. Like, she would never be naughty to the cats or anything like that. But no. they had this orange long haired kitty named Janie that was just full of personality and like the journey we all had with this cat is really yeah. pretty remarkable. But mm. every once in a while, Janie would just march up to Freckles and Freck would be like sitting on the rug in the living room, just doing nothing. And Jane mm. would just run up there and look her in the face and just pow, 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 pow. And then just keep going. <laughs> and Freck would have the hurtest look on her face and the saddest and Bassus looks sad anyway. So it just really, uh, <laughs> It, was it would just break your heart. Well, yeah, and it was so uncalled for. Like, she didn't do a thing to deserve it. She wouldn't fight back. She just took it and no. hurt her feelings. And then it was over until it happened again. <laughs> and he was just like, I'm just tired of looking at your stupid face and slapping yeah. shit out of her. <laughs> it was Pretty so much. terrible and so funny. <laughs> yeah. Again, I guess establishing dominance is all I could imagine here. But uh, yeah, I think Greg. dominance was well established in that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Freckles just never deserved it and didn't even want to be in charge, really. But no. at least the, of the cats. But anyhow, right. that used to kill me the way she would. Well, when she'd walk up to Freckles or walk past her, even if she wasn't coming to give her the beat down, Frecky would be like, oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Here she comes. Here she comes. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. <laughs> And then maybe she'd walk on past and because this didn't happen all the time. It was an every once in a while thing. Then yeah. would, you could see her be like, oh, okay, we're okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Where would we yeah. be without animal entertainment, right? 
I'd, I'd have a cleaner house. I promise you that. But <laughs> me too. Know. That's definitely true. Well, we actually do have a lot of true crime for you today. I do. So, Katie, you're going to kick us off with an MMIW. Mm-hmm. I am elevating this case because it needs it and it deserves it. And because we all need to be very aware of things that are happening. Uh, in our country. And this is taking place currently in Alaska. So I'm going to back up to 2020. And in 2020, there was a murder. This was a domestic violence uh, situation. And we're talking about a sweet girl named uh, Kristen Huntington. Uh, Kristen is Native American. And she was living in an apartment with her boyfriend and her nine-month-old baby. Her boyfriend had a very long history of domestic violence. Mm. I'm going to show you a picture of her. So this is Kristen. And at one point, uh, she stopped responding to her friends. And that created a lot of concern for her friends uh, because they knew she was in a bad situation. And they called the police and told her that they were that they were concerned. Yeah, this was on early part of January and of 2020. And then the next day, her boyfriend, Eric Rustad, walked into the police department with cuts on his arms, uh, kind of beat up and told them, I know I did it. Oh. On January 12th, they found her body wrapped in a blanket in an empty apartment across the hall from the one they lived in. Oh, no. And they investigated and, you know, were able to prove that he moved her body after her murder in their apartment to this apartment uh, that he tried to keep clean up the blood from the crime scene. She died from a result of blunt force trauma to the head. She had two mortal injuries to the back of her head and a laceration on the front of her head. And so he was arrested. Okay. It's what you'd expect. It's what you would hope. And this marched very slowly through the courts. He was finally found guilty of murder. And he was just uh, in February of this year, uh, given sentenced to 50 plus years in prison. Okay, good. Good. He should be. That's perfect. Uh, he is non-native uh, and she is native. Uh, but there's a big snafu. And that is baby Chanel. Because Eric, between the times that he murdered Kristen and the time he was arrested for murdering Kristen, gave their baby away. What? to a white couple, a non-native couple, and signed over documents to them, giving them, oh no, you know, uh, conservatorship, I guess, or not conservatorship, but giving them uh, like power of attorney over her guardianship. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. imagine what this has been like for her mother, for Rebecca's no, mother. Rebecca's mother, not only is now grieving the death of her daughter, but was also seeking justice for her daughter and also trying to find her granddaughter. Right. Like, where even is she? So the granddaughter was eventually found 
And so I'm going to go back to that spot. So I'm going to go through a quick timeline with you, starting with uh, in January 2020. So, of course, we know that Eric murders Kristen. He gives the child over, gives power of attorney to a woman named Nikki Richmond, uh, a complete stranger, according to friends and family. So Arlene, who is Chanel's, yeah, Arlene, who's Chanel's grandmother, uh, enrolls her in the native village of uh, Selawig, because that's uh, where she's from. That's where they're from. And in February 2020, Eric tries to enroll Chanel in a different native village. Uh, he's not native, but he tried to enroll Chanel in a different village. Uh, Nick so is this like, enrolling means like saying this person is a member of this tribe? Is that... I, I believe that's understand true. That means. I, I believe okay. that's true. Yeah. So then Nikki files a petition to the other tribal court to be appointed as Chanel's guardian. Yeah. And of course she learns that she's not in their jurisdiction because Eric's not an enrolled member, of course, and neither is the baby. So, but Venetic, this uh, other village, they declare Chanel a child in need of aid and name Nikki as her foster parent because, of course, they're only hearing one side of this and don't know that on the other side of it, there is a murder as well as, you know, blood right. families that are trying to get access and custody of this little girl. Well, and with Ipua, that should be the way it is, shouldn't it? Yeah, you'd think so, but it just, it got messy. Also, um, Nikki was just very unwilling to give the baby back to her parents or, or to her or to her grandma, to her, fa her family. So in May of 2021, now that it's been now more than a year, about a year and a half, the Selawick Tribal Council passes a resolution to transfer Chanel's case to them. So they now, you know, have jurisdiction over her. In July of 2021, Nikki files a petition in the state court to adopt Chanel. Adopt her. Adopt her? All the while, Grandma is trying to get her back. Grandma, well, dad's legal rights haven't been severed, so how could you adopt her? For sure. And Grandma is a registered foster home. Oh, my uh, Nick, gosh. Nikki is not. Right. Eight days later, uh, Selawick formally takes jurisdiction over Chanel. In December 20, or September 2021, Selawick grants Nikki temporary physical custody over Chanel, while but they still hold legal custody. All the while, Grandma uh, is fighting. Right. In February 2022, so it's now been more than two years since Kristen died, Nikki petitions the state to nullify Selawick's jurisdiction. Nullify the jurisdiction of a native oh, child. child. Oh. And one of the arguments from Nikki's attorney is that Eric still has, he still has power of attorney over his own child and he has the right to decide where she goes. The man who's in prison for murdering her mother still gets to choose where she goes? I mean, technically, until his rights are terminated. Unfortunately, yeah. that is true. But why haven't his rights been terminated? Right. He's in prison forever. Right. Anyway, it gets worse. Uh, 
or it keeps going, I guess. May 2022, the state court denies Nikki's petition to adopt Chanel. Well, no shit. Citing uh, Selawick's tribal authority over the case. So finally, the state's going, oh, we don't have authority over this child. Okay. Thanks for coming to the table. Let's let's get on with this, right? August 2022. Nikki files a request with the state court to dismiss the Selawick's court proceedings regarding Chanel. Again. September 2022, the state court denies her request, citing once again that they have no jurisdiction over tribal affairs. They don't. Right. December 2022, Selawick grants Arlene, that's grandma, custody of Chanel and files a writ of assistance to the state courts. Basically saying, we would like this child back and this is who mm -hmm. she's going to. So Nikki filed a writ of habeas corpus with the Alaska State uh, District Court seeking relief. February 2023, so it has now been three years. This is the same month that Eric is actually sentenced for uh, Kristen's murder. The state court denies Selawick's motion to enforce tribal order and Nikki's motion to dismiss. Just denies it all. What? I mean, yeah. one or the other has to be correct. Apparently not. April 2023, Nikki appears before the U.S. District Court and asks that they dismiss Selawick's ruling. In June of 2023, the U.S. District Court denies her motion. Selawick holds its second hearing but does not make a ruling. It's like the, uh, the stalling, the, the punching the ball back and forth here without... Well, in the meantime, this child is living with Nikki the whole time, right? The whole time. She also has completely refused to let Grandma have any kind of... Uh, connection or, or visitation to this kid as far as I can see. Oh Nothing. What is July this 2023. Selawit grants Arlene custody following another hearing. Yet again, they've granted her custody over and over. They make a ruling that she is to travel to Fairbanks, where the baby is, for a three-week transition period before returning to Selawit with Chanel. So that was last month, January, mm -hmm. or July, sorry. On the 1st, Nikki has refused to comply with the tribal order and is actively keeping Chanel from Arlene. And now has gotten a restraining order against her because she and the mediator have repeatedly come to Nikki's house and knocked on the door. They just don't answer the door and just refuse to uh, interact and have now filed a restraining order against her uh, trying to charge her with stalking. What? Mm -hmm. So there was another hearing a few days ago in which pretty much nothing happened yet again, except for the judge said, let's take a 20 day cooling off period. You guys, Arlene is staying in a city that's not hers, spending her money, her time. She's spent a fortune on this already, trying to just get custody of her granddaughter. The Selawick tribe is trying to bring one of their children home. And right. they're just hitting one obstacle after another. And this is really, really serious. Yes, yeah. it is a violation of ICWA. ICWA is, yeah. but ICWA needs to get involved. Right. Uh, ICWA is the Indian Child Welfare Act of 1978. This is the federal law that governs the removal and out-of-home placement of American Indian children. Right. Basically that you can't do it. If a tribe right. has a claim to a child, that's where they belong. And the United States government does not get to take them out of their homes or out of the tribe at least. So right. that's where it sits right now. 
there is a group of people that are working really hard to help Arlene and to uh, help Chanel and get her back to her people. One of the most concerning things that I saw here is how racist these people are. They have put a ton of posts on Facebook of the baby with pictures of her as she's grown up. They call her the little native baby. And Mowgli. (gasps) What? Oh my God. Yep. And they posted things like, well, this one, this little native baby is loving life and then boom, LOL. I reckon what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. There was a picture of her taking a crash. We are prepping her for clearing land and stacking firewood soon. Oh my God. So this isn't because they love Chanel. This is because they're racist assholes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and many other posts that have said things like that about, you know, there's a incident uh, that they, there's a picture of her as a baby with her bottle and a dog. They're kind of squaring off for the bottle. And it says the Alaskan Malamute versus Alaskan native for the bottle. Well, okay. First of all, acknowledging that she is an Alaskan native mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Come on, Iqua. Let's, they mm-hmm. what? It's so disgusting. It's so frustrating because this is a slam dunk. This should be easy. Right. The And grandma's already been granted custody twice. The Fairbanks authorities should be going to that home picking up that child and putting her in grandma's arms right the fuck now. They should. And yet they are entertaining this stuff. And it's really concerning. It's really concerning because this isn't the only case of this stuff going on. So This is literally why we have ICWA. mm -hmm. So there's a website. Yes. So there's a website called Bring Chanel Home. And I have listed it in our show notes. Go there. There's a bunch of... uh, There's a media section. There's an action toolkit. There are things you can do. There is certainly a petition that you can sign. There is, uh, there's phone numbers and call scripts to make calls for Lisa Murkowski and Mary Pertola, which are uh, state senators. Mm -hmm. They're also working on a way to help uh, you to make contact with Deb Haland. Because that's who really needs to Where's Deb Haland in this? Deb Halen needs to get involved. Lisa Murkowski actually came to one of their rallies and visited with some of them and said that she'd heard about this case and understands that it's a really, uh, it's a problem and it's an issue and she's hoping to see it resolved soon, but she hasn't done a single thing to help. Come besides on. just show up, show, re- so show support. Lisa, no, you could get Deb Halen involved. Surely right. you know how to contact her and get her attention. Come on, right. man. Um, there's a great YouTube channel that's connected to the uh, or, yeah, YouTube, yeah, and TikTok that's associated with the website. So again, just go to Bring Chanel Home, and you'll find everything there that you need to know. Go sign the petition. But here's what we're not going to do, because one of the things that her lawyer referenced in court over the harassment or the uh, the stalking charge, you know is that they referenced this group that uh, they're just receiving daily death threats and 
everyone's like, no, they're fucking not. But they're claiming that they're being harassed and that this group is rising up against them. Uh, welcome to the real world where people absolutely do have the right, not that anyone should send a death threat, but I'm kind of doubting that's actually happened, but that people do have the right to have an opinion and mm -hmm. absolutely people have a right to organize here and fight for what's right. Well, and it she's in insane. violation of a court order. Absolutely. It's also, not like she hasn't done anything. Not even Arlene's group. These are just people that are trying to help and want to see this child return to her people, period. So if you do engage, if you do uh, reach out to a state senator or whatnot, be extremely respectful. Uh, it's really calling for that at this point. Mm -hmm. And there's also a Facebook page, Bring Chanel Home, that you can join. And there's a lot of good information there as well. So that's what's going on. That's what we know so far. I'm really, really hoping that in the next few weeks we get to provide an update that little Chanel has been returned home. Oh, but me too. I, I'm dumbfounded and flabbergasted that this is going on. And so I, I wanted to bring it to you guys' attention because, again, there are many more cases like this being fought out in the courts in the U.S. right now. And we have U.S. courts who I mean, don't. There was a challenge to ICWA just recently, and yes. you know, ICWA was upheld, thank God. Thank God. But uh, these are the things that we cannot have and that we have to stay aware of. U.S. courts do not get to interfere in the custody of Native American children, period. No. So Absolutely here we are. Not. Yep. Oh, my blood but is also, boiling. The man who murdered this child's mother should not get to have a say in who raises her, for God's no, sake. No, no, he definitely should not. No. So Somebody sending all of our support to Arlene. Yeah. Again, please go to the website. Please sign the petition. Please keep an eye on this case with us and uh, do anything you can to support it, and we will as well. So with Definitely. that, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for our main case, which I believe also has to do with custody. I guess it was on the mind today. Uh, definitely was. Yeah. So Katie and I often accidentally choose corresponding cases. I didn't know what she was going to present today. She didn't know what I was going to present today because we don't like to do it that way. Uh, so this is interesting. But what I'm going to talk to you today about is adoption rehoming. Adoption rehoming is a literal crisis in the United States right now. And it is, you may not think it's a crime, it is. If you adopt a child, that child becomes legally your child just so much as if you had given birth to them. Their birth certificate is changed to include your names as the parents as though they have been your child from the moment they took their first breath. It is not a game. It is not for clout. It is not for um, accolades and for gratitude. It is or for looking cool for your neighbors or any of the like, or for the gram or yeah. hip or cool. It is a very serious undertaking in which you are literally taking the life of another human being into your hands and saying, I will be responsible for them. And what is happening in this country with adoption rehoming is literally turning my stomach. And if you know me at all, you know I am an adoptive parent. I have a 27-year-old son. We got him at 14 and adopted him at 16. So I am speaking not just from watching things, but from my own life experiences. 
And what is happening right now is that there are groups assisting adoptive parents in passing along their adoptive children who aren't grateful enough or well-behaved enough or fitting in well enough in their lives. Mm -hmm. These are adults who have taken on the responsibility of the life of a child, mm -hmm. and then they decide they don't really want them anymore, and they're going to give them to someone else. Now, in all reality, that is child abandonment. It is a crime you can be charged with that you can serve time for. What is happening right now is we have what's called second chance adoptions. These are private adoption agencies that are assisting adoptive parents in rehoming their children through the private adoption system, which is terribly corrupt and is literally selling children frequently into other the homes. definition of trafficking children. It is the definition of trafficking children, and it is being done under the guise of a private adoption, which makes the adoptive parents protected from any kind of uh, criminal ramifications. Yeah. They don't call it rehoming because rehoming is illegal. Yeah. They call it second chance adoptions. Mm -hmm. It's the same they're thing. they're so very different. Yeah. It is exactly the same thing. Now, yeah. I want to say this. There are times in which an adoptive placement does not work. Mm -hmm. and, be, and in the best interest of the child, a new placement is founded. And that is generally handled through the child welfare system. And I don't get me started on the child welfare system. I know that it is seriously fucked up, but it is the system that we have. Mm -hmm. And there are children that it is not a good fit for varying reasons that are about the safety of that child or other children in that home that are legitimate. I am not talking about those cases. No. I'm talking about these. I'm not going to show you this because it says the name of the child and shows her picture and she is a minor. But this is in a Facebook group. This is in a Wasatch International Facebook group. Wasatch International Adoptions is an adoption agency in Utah. This is from their Facebook group. I'm going to read you this by with omitting the child's name because you will hear why these people want to rehome their daughter. Meet G. G is an 11 year old girl who was adopted through foster care when she was younger. G resents her adoptive parents and has been very unhappy in her current home. She doesn't respect their authority and displays poor behaviors around them, which isn't typically seen anywhere else. After research, G's parents have learned that children with similar conditions, behaviors as G can bond better in a second home, total and complete bullshit. <laughs> They would love to give her the opportunity to bond in a loving family environment. This is like an ad on Facebook Marketplace in which you are rehoming your used car. Mm -hmm. We are looking for a two-parent or single-parent household with a strong support network. Both heterosexual and LGBTQ plus couples and individuals are invited to inquire. G would do best as the youngest or only child in a new family. She has poor sibling relationships and her family believes she might do best with more time and attention because they can't give her what she needs even though they took on as their responsibility. Families with other or younger children, however, will be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. G does well with other children and is said to be very nurturing in those instances. 
It is possible that she could do well with a fresh start, which is a rejection and being torn out of her current family to be handed mm -hmm. off to total strangers mm -hmm. uh, with siblings that aren't triggering for her. G's parents believe that she would benefit from having at least one black parent, but this is not G is black, but this is not a requirement. The family prefers a Christian home, but they're open to all religions and non-religious homes, as in we will take anyone. There is no preference on age, location, or employment of the new adoptive parents. The family would like for the new family to be knowledgeable in attachment and to be able to provide her with a safe and stable loving home. Any adopted family should be yeah. knowledgeable in attachment. In attachment, yeah. That is where a challenge frequently happens for children. But what I read undercurrent here is Gabby is not great. G, sorry, shit. G is not grateful yep. and compliant with her adoptive family. G, Wait, you mean oh, to tell me that an 11-year-old child who was in the system is acting like an 11-year-old child who was in the system? Yes. Wow. Huh. G owes no one gratitude whatsoever. G no. has been let down by absolutely every adult in her life, her entire but wait. life. If we just let her down one more time and put her in another home, that's the ticket. That's what she'll thrive with. Right. I see. That's what they're saying. And there My are God. thousands of ads like this. Thousands. This family clearly has many other children. This child needs a lot of attention and support, which of course she does. Right. She came through the foster care system and has been adopted. That means she was taken from her biological family for abuse, neglect, whatever reasons, mm -hmm. death, imprisonment, some of those things. She was in the foster system, which we know is a very broken system in which a huge amount of abuse and neglect occurs. She was placed in an adoptive family, I think white, from what they're saying, and she is black. And then they expect her to be happy and well-behaved and grateful for where she is. Mm -hmm. Are you motherfucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. And helpful with the other children. Yeah. And, yeah. and she shouldn't be angry and spiteful. And if yes, she fucking should. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what she should be for the things that she has been through. And mm -hmm. do you know who she owes nothing to? Adults. That's who. Yep. Adults have failed her over and over and over again. My experience in the foster and adoptive system is that adults expect children to prove their worthiness to them. Mm -hmm. Adults expect foster and adoptive children to prove their worth. It is exactly the opposite Adults are the failure here. Adults mm -hmm. should be proving their worthiness, their trust, trustfulness, you know, their trustworthiness, you know, yep. over and over and over again to a child who has been failed forever. Mm -hmm. These folks wanted to look cool to their community, yep. wanted accolades and gratitude, took on a child who has been through untold amounts of trauma and when she's not grateful and happy for what she's 
receiving from them. They want to throw her away to strangers so someone else can deal with her. That is what that should actually say. Absolutely. They also want to re-traumatize all of the other children in their care who have also come from the system, I'm assuming, and take one of their siblings out and send her away so that they never see her again. Who, who would be next in those children? Right. Who's the next problem child to arise when G is gone? And do we use this as a tool to make kids mine? Right. Do we? Remember what happened to G? You better get dressed and go to church. You better not be gay. You better do what you're told. You better mm-hmm. do your homework. You better eat your green beans. Yeah. You better be grateful. Mm-hmm. You guys, this has been... I've, I've had to take some time with it before I could talk about it because it makes me so fucking angry. I can barely speak. Uh-huh. It is the sickest, most horrific trafficking of children happening yeah. in this country. Yeah. And I will tell you that most of these families are white. Not all, but the majority are white. Many of them have adopted multiple times. So they have large families Mm -hmm. of children from all different kinds of lifestyles, experiences, cultures, identities. Races. And they put them all in one house, Mm -hmm. expecting to make them into a cohesive family, which Mm -hmm. is a huge amount of pressure on children who have never had what they needed to have from adults in their entire lives. And then when things don't work, the problem is the child, Mm -hmm. not the adults in the situation. And so they just give them away in a second chance adoption. We've Mm -hmm. given it a real live, laugh, love kind of energy. Mm -hmm. No, this is adoption rehoming. It is a crime. People who do it should be charged. But it'll be better for her. She'll do better with somebody else. That is a complete and total raft of bullshit Mm -hmm. and lies entirely they have absolutely no idea how she will do somewhere else for one you are a child who has already lost their biological family how many foster families now an adoptive family i have known children in my work as a social worker who have been through rehoming and i will tell you what it does to them it destroys them there is nothing left they don't they know that they have no value in this world and that nobody truly cares about them or wants them anywhere the damage done is frequently irreversible and i don't like to say that because i don't want it to be true but i have seen it i have seen young adults take their own lives Mm -hmm. because if no one wants me and they you know what i what i did is i worked in a group foster home and so some of these children would end up in our care And some of those children would end up on our care until they were 18. Mm -hmm. And then they were sent out into the world alone with literally no one. Mm -hmm. After they had been rejected by the family who said, I will take you forever. I'm giving you my name. You are my child. I will Mm -hmm. never abandon you. And then they abandoned them. Yep. This is the most disgusting thing I can think of that a person could do. Mm -hmm. No, it's horrific. And to just let yourself off the hook like this. Yeah. There are oh, so, it just be so much better many, in the next home. There are so many resources to help there these are. families, to help these kids, 
to get make things better to help the the kid with whatever it is that they're going through to help them right. to have a better existence and experience there's all kinds of support but there if you are too lazy support. too busy too cheap too prideful too arrogant too ridiculous too arrogant to engage in those activities or to ask for that kind of help then here you are yeah let me tell you something adoption is hard an adoption of children who have been through the foster care system is incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. There were years I didn't know if my family was going to survive it. But you know what we never did? We never turned our back on our son, ever. Wow. And we never expected him to appreciate what we were doing for him without first building a relationship of love and trust that we love you no matter what. We will never go away. No matter what. And believe me, he put our feet to the fire on that situation many times. Yeah. But we knew when we made that commitment to be his parents, that that's forever. Mm -hmm. The destruction that is happening to children right now, the hubris, the white hubris, mm -hmm. frankly, yeah. that this is, is unbelievable. Yep. And the I fact want to bring that this it to somehow some sort of a loophole to make this shit legal is really disgusting. That's the thing. There's very little regulation in private adoption. Yeah. And that's why if you try to go through the child welfare system and do this, you will receive criminal charges. Mm -hmm. And I have known families who have accepted criminal charges yeah. in order to rehome a child because they just don't want to deal with them anymore, even though they took them on and they made that. They were in court with the judge, just like we were with the reminders of how very important it is to understand that what you are doing here is permanent and forever. And yep. your commitment to this child is the same as if you birthed this child, you cannot ever turn your back. Yep. I just, I wanted to share this because I want you to know mm -hmm. this is happening. There are agencies whose job this is, by the way, they make a chunk of money to do this mm -hmm. because yeah. not only is this something that is being done through the private adoption system, but that means that this company, this Wasatch International that we're talking mm -hmm. about today, they are being paid around $5,000 to do this. Mm -hmm. This is child trafficking for money. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Yep. I, I want you to look up in your state what's happening with second chance adoptions. Do a little search on Facebook. You will be sick at how many groups you find. They say it's not rehoming. They just changed the phrase. Mm -hmm. It is rehoming. They're it's just exactly doing what it, it is. Are they still going to live with you? No, that's rehoming. Yeah. Are they going to be um, legally your responsibility anymore? No. They're going to go before a judge and hand off the legal right and responsibility of this child to another adult or another family and be done forever. Yep. And just waltz off into the sunset and never have to worry again, think again about this kid's well-being. Yes. Regardless and of who actually adopted them and what's right. actually happening here. And regardless of what actually happens to this child. Yep, exactly. Who they yep. go to, how they're cared for. If they're cared kid. for, mm -hmm. if this family decides they don't want them to, the initial family doesn't give a shit. Nope. 
if you can do that, you did not adopt this child because you love them and you want them to have a good life. That is not your motivation Mm -hmm. is not to provide a child with a home and a family and a good life, no matter what Mm -hmm. it isn't. Nope. Not at all. I have not ever in my entire life through all of the challenges that we have been through and that my son has been through have ever, ever considered returning him. He was afraid that we would because he had been returned to the system by foster parents who were supposed Mm -hmm. to adopt him. Mm -hmm. And he was afraid. And at first he just tried to force us to Mm -hmm. because he didn't dare trust us. And you know whose responsibility that was to overcome? It was ours as the parents. Mm -hmm. It was not his. He had very legitimate reasons to feel the way that he did. Mm -hmm. That was on us, the adults in the situation, to resolve. This is the most childish, insecure, insecure bullshit I've ever seen. You know, how many of you have expect gratitude out of your biological children? Right. When they're preteen and teen, you don't get it. You know, you don't. They hate you guys. They treat you like shit, right? Yeah. Well, that's what happens with all children. Mm-hmm. You're not doing this so that you can feel good about yourself. No. If you are, you're a selfish asshole and you should not adopt any children at all, ever. Absolutely. Oh, I could get on my soapbox forever, but I won't. I just wanted to bring this to your attention. I have included in the show notes this one Facebook group, the uh, Wasatch International Adoption page, their second chance adoption program. By the way, these this is happening with domestic and internationally adopted children children brought into this country who have literally nothing here and don't even come from this culture. This is also happening to them. And then also a website, uh, Mm childwelfare.org and the, um, an article about the unregulated custody transfer of adopted children so that you can see what the laws are, what's happening um, this is uh, this particular organization is out of Utah, um, but it's not like they're the only one. I'm not trying nope. to put them specifically on blast. I just want you to understand. It's okay. That, they can be on blast. Right. Um, but you can see and you can go right. Their website is public. Their Facebook page is public with children's names and photographs. Mm-hmm. That is a trafficker's dream. Yep. Right there. So please check it out. Become aware of what's happening with the foster care and adoption system in your state and what's happening with rehoming and second chance adoptions. Become aware. Yeah. The only way that we change this thing, these things is by changing laws mm-hmm. to disallow these things from happening. But also I feel like there needs to be a lot of pressure on these adoptive parents who are frankly trash for the yep. things that they're doing. Absolutely. And with that, Katie, I'm going to send the mic back to you for probably some much needed WTF news. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell you a little bit about a boy named Jordan DeMay. What happened to Jordan and something that we all need to be very aware of. Jordan DeMay was 17 and he lived in Michigan 
Uh, he was senior in high school, or would be a senior in high school, or I guess last year would have been a senior in high school, I think. Anyway, football player, basketball player, super happy kid, really nice kid, just a kid with a bright future, had a lot going on. Well, one night he was on social media, Instagram, I believe, or Snap, and a girl hit him up that started talking back and forth, and she convinced him to send her some nudes. Now, was that a great choice? No, but it happens all the time. And this girl was very persuasive and convinced him. And as soon as he did that, he discovered that he had been essentially catfished by a man in another country who let him know that he already had gathered a great amount of information about him from the internet, including where he went to school, the name of his girlfriend, the names of his parents, the names of other people that he knew. Basically, they had done all their homework on Jordan before they ever contacted him in the first place. And they told Jordan that for a certain amount of money, they could make these pictures go away. Well, and they even did send one of the pictures to Jordan's girlfriend to try to ruin mm-hmm. his relationship, you know, as the girl. Uh, Jordan did send them the money that he had. It wasn't as much as they were asking for, but it's what he had. And they kept letting him know that uh, they better, he better keep paying up or they were going to ruin his life with these pictures. The reality is these pictures wouldn't have ruined Jordan's life, but. When you're a high school student, mm-hmm. you're a teenage boy, you certainly feel that way. Shame and humiliation and fear and threats. And Jordan killed himself. Mm-hmm. And it was such a shock to his family because he had never showed any inclination of being suicidal. He had never... Uh, had any mental health issues it was just an entire shock but the girlfriend had received these pictures <coughs> and she relayed them to jordan's parents who sent them to the authorities in an absolutely phenomenal piece of police work these people were found in nigeria and apprehended and two of them have been extradited back to the united states to stand charges wow I'm amazed they found them. Samuel Agashi is 22. Samson Agashi is 20. And they're still working on getting one more 19-year-old man here. Wow. Yep. So they were indicted for allegedly sexually extorting more than 100 people across the U.S. Because, of course, once they figured out that they'd done it to these kids, they figured out that they'd done it to a whole... Or to this boy, they figured out that they'd been doing this to a whole bunch of people and earning income this way. This is not uncommon. This happens to people. It is a form of bullying that, uh, in this case, cost Jordan his life, cost his family their son. And it's completely senseless. So, a few thoughts for all of you that you make sure your children understand that A, it doesn't matter what you do, what has happened, 
what you fell for, whatever it is, you are safe to talk to me about it. I don't care what it is. I won't judge you. I won't be hard on you. I won't shame you. I will help you, whatever it is. Uh, not that Jordan's parents did a damn thing wrong. They did not. No, they just they didn't had know. no idea. No idea. Uh, additionally, don't send nudes on the internet. Don't. Unless it is someone that you know in person. Even then, don't. Because the... The, uh, the chance of uh, sexual exploitation in various ways is just getting worse and worse. But particularly if you have not met this person in person and you know that they exist. And remember and teach your kids that the Internet is not a safe place and that not everyone has your best interest at heart. It's so easy to get taken in by stuff like this. So easy in a moment of weakness or loneliness or just being turned on by something, free talk, being naive, being 17, you know, whatever. These things happen. And so, but this particular scam, this needs to be discussed with your kids. This has to be something that you talk to them about and share Jordan's story or lots of others that you can find on the internet about what happened and what uh, we can do if something like this were to happen and how to prevent something like this from happening. But in an attempt to keep our kids safe on the internet, these are stories that have to be told. I want to give Jordan's family huge props for being Absolutely. willing to share his story, for being right. aggressive with uh, law enforcement, uh, you know, really pushing for a resolution and law enforcement being aggressive enough to take the steps that they've taken. I hope that these arrests send a very the loud message. Amazing. But for wherever these three people are that they're arresting, three more will pop up. Probably ten more will right. pop up. It's, oh, it's no, not it's a, happening everywhere. Not a real resolution. It's a start. It's something. Definitely, we want it, but it's not going to stop it. So, at any rate, these are stories that should be told. So, all of our love to Jordan's family and his friends. It's such a terrible tragedy. Uh, however, uh, thank you for being willing, brave enough, uh, amazing enough to share his story, so that his death won't be in vain. So that we can help other kids and young adults to get out of a situation like this without feeling as hopeless as poor Jordan did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you That's for that. What I got. Ooh. Yeah. This is a heavy episode friends. Mm -hmm. But we need it. These are things yep. we need to know. We can't help. We can't be a part of the difference in this world. If we don't know. Indeed. Well, we will be back tonight, Wednesday night for uh, case updates. Mm -hmm. at uh, 7 p.m. Mountain. That is our live stream, our case updates live stream. Mm -hmm. And we'll update you on everything that's happening on all the cases that we're covering right now. And thanks for being here. Please take a minute to look at our show notes today. There's a lot of really important information in them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, always see something, say something. Absolutely. You know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank <music> you.